1: This is Chad Lopez on behalf of the WABC family. Today we honor the life of our colleague and friend Bernard McGurk. Many of you knew him as the right hand to Imus and the brains to the muscle of Bernie and Sid in the morning. But those of us who were lucky enough to get to know Bernie off air were able to see what a kind and caring person Bernie truly was. His voice, his personality, and his heart was felt by everyone that worked with him as well as everyone who listened to him. A great radio host, a professional colleague, a loving husband, a caring father, and a wonderful friend. Today we share in the joy of celebrating his life. Keep listening all day long as we honor our friend, Bernard McGurk. And
0: now we will pause for a moment of silence. 77 W.A.B.C. and Ramsey Subaru. Remember
2: Bernard McGurk. Remembering Bernard McGurk. This is Rob Bartlett from the legendary iconic I Miss in the Morning program. Uh, Bernie was fearless, uh, especially on air, as uh, you might know. If you uh, ever heard any of his infamous uh, cardinal bits, Uh, he would say just about anything and Many times we couldn't believe what he said on the air. Um, and he would laugh. Um, and, and there were these amazing pieces that he used to put together. He hated to do them. He'd hate when I was would ask him to do one of these things because it meant he'd have to work on it, you know. But uh, good morning and God bless and which doesn't belong in why, which doesn't belong in why. They became catchphrases, you know. Um, but when we moved over to the TV and the things... I just mis- wanted Bernard to, to do something that was a little bit more visual. When, when I was doing my characters, I used to have to get into costume and makeup and bald caps for Dr. Phil and whatnot. And uh, Bernard wasn't really into doing, you know, a whole cardinal outfit. So uh, I suggested that uh, he... Do what I used to do in my stand-up act. I used to do a bit about the Pope, and I used to put a uh, FedEx envelope on my head to kind of approximate the mitre. And that's what he did. This is Rob Bartlett. Keep listening for more. Remembering Bernard McGurk.
3: Cardinal, how are you? Well I'm all right, fellow. What the hell are you looking at? Be I'm Jesus. looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not all right. I can tell you that, I miss Lamar. Be really? Geez. Well, you sound like you're dying, fella. What the hell do you think? (laughs) Good morning, God bless. Let me just say this, I, Mr. Martin. Since the big announcement last week, a lot of us have been melancholy, downright sad, I'll tell you. We've grown accustomed to the laughs, the offbeat humour, and the feeling of being part of a family. As a true talent, I'd like to offer my sincere gratitude and a happy retirement to the one and only... Grandma the clown, be Jesus. Happy trails, Grandma. As for you, I miss Lamarne, the only thing sad about your departure is that you're not going out like singer Tom Petty, you Phyllis looking lizard, you be Jesus. The only question folks are asking is this. What happens to the a Man's bootlicking lackeys? Guns the retard, Rob the fat bastard, Sid the Jew, Tony the Black, and Louis the Greaseball? The answer is this. Who the hell gives a rat's ass, though, be Jesus? Here, though, A Man, some audio of Imus flunky Tony Powell addressing the Imus crew on the day of the retirement announcement outside the Blarney Rock on Seventh Avenue. Play it. Be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just for your information, fella, that is not right. <laughs> Heads down, you heathen hooligans! Time for a wee prayer. Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I'm missing the morgue we want the most, B.J.'s. Oh, Lord, take him now. Come oh, on, take let's hear him it. Out. Lord, take him Lord now. we pray, Jane Fonda faces a firing squad. She shouldn't get a pass. But before that, I wouldn't mind hitting that 80-year-old ass, B.J.'s. Oh. oh, Lord, take him now. Come on. Oh, Lord, now. Lord, now. Lord, we pray, NBC stops kissing North Korean Kim Jong-un's fat rear. And if not, Bob Costas returns to the States. Like Otto Warmbier, BG. Oh,
4: Lord, take him now.
3: Oh, out. no, no, no. Lord, oh, God. Lord. Terrible. Listen here, Lord, we despise the drug-addled perverts who performed at the Grammys and wish a free abortion had been offered to all their mammies. Oh, Lord, take him now. Oh, Come on ahead. Oh, Finally, Lord, we pray for a reunion between the I-Man and Charles McCord. So Chuck can strangle Amos with a damn extension cord or some damn thing which Oh, Lord, take him now. Yeah, Come on ahead. God bless us and save us. Have a lovely weekend. The whole lot of you. Is. Which doesn't belong in why? Oh, I love this part. Which doesn't belong in why? Right. A, Tanya Harding. B, Harding. B, B, Hillary Clinton. Come on ahead, fella. Pay attention. Hillary, Hillary Clinton. See, Amos and Lamar. Which well, doesn't belong in why? Obviously. I'm Slimorin. Wrong, you scrotum face. <laughs> fool, you be Jesus. Yeah? While all three vicious white trash witches will soon be in the country's rearview mirror at long last, the answer is B. Hillary Clinton doesn't belong because, unlike the other two, Hillary never went down on Brian Boytano, be Jesus. <laughs> that is not funny. I don't care if it rains or freezes as long as the Iron Man dies, be Jesus. Huh? Come on ahead, move along. I'm you, Cardinal. 17 after the hour. in
5: the morning.
3: Ramsey
4: Subaru in 77 WABC. Remember, Bernard McGurk.
5: Welcome back, folks. This is the hour number four of today's Bernard McGurk tribute. And the next three hours will be devoted to the Old Diamonds in the Morning program, including a full hour with the great Charles McCord, which I'm really looking forward to. We've got a very special guest on the line right now. Uh, This guy did a great job going to Bernard's Wake just a couple of days ago after spending time at the Columbus Day Parade. He's a very busy man. He's the mayor of New York City. He's got a lot of work to do. But he has been great. He has the last couple of days with Bernard, visiting Bernie and the family, and now calling in today. Here he is, the, uh, the mayor of New York City, our old friend Eric Adams. Eric, good morning, pal. How are you?
6: Quite well, quite well. I just really wanted to call in with the entire listening family uh, to just give my personal condolences, uh, you know, the loss of Bernie, uh, felt by many who heard him uh, extremely energetic opinionated uh, but he loved this city he loved this country and i think those are the common denominators that unite us and meeting his family uh it was just amazing to see that same energy with his family i just wanted to take time out today um as you guys are reflecting on a rich life to give my condolences
5: I'll tell you this, uh, you know this, Eric. I mean, we, we've been tough on you. We have been, uh, especially the migrant stuff. Today is not the day for that. But it shows me a lot. It shows me a lot when you've got a guy who takes a little bit of a beating on the show every now and then you were on with us a couple of weeks ago. You're laughing because it got a little, it got a little intense there. Doesn't matter. You showed up at the wake. You're on the phone today. To me, that means an awful lot. To Bernie, it would also mean an awful lot. I know it would. So putting politics and all the fighting aside, because we'll do that again. Trust me, Eric. Uh, what you've done the last couple of days is, um, really shows the, uh, the good man that you are. We really appreciate it.
6: No, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, from time to time, we, you know, we wear different jerseys. Uh, but uh, we're on the same team. That's Team New York, Team America. And because we show passion around those copies that are dear to us, it does not mean that if someone is hurting me, that you guys are not going to come and fight to protect the soil like I, I I, will. You know, one stat that really troubled me, and I tell people over and over again, they said 52% of Americans wouldn't defend this country if it's attacked by foreign enemy. And you know what? I'm part of the 48%. I'm going to fight to the death to protect this country. And that's the type of person Bernie was. And we know that no matter how we critique each other, when it comes down to it's about a good city, a good country, and the families that live in it.
5: Eric, thank you for uh, calling in today. Thank you for showing up and meeting his family a couple of days ago at The Wake. Uh, You really are. That was classy. I got to say, Eric, thank you very, very much. Well, we'll talk again soon about New York and all the stuff going on, but uh, we could not be more thankful and uh, more proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, Eric, take care. There he is, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. And we go right from that man to the man. He is the man. A lot of folks say it. Listen, Don Imus enjoyed a lot of success, and Imus was no dummy. He was a legend and a genius, a five-time Marconi Award winner. But if you listen long enough, you knew this. The two voices that really made Imus a legend he was doesn't include Don. One was Bernard McGurk who we are talking about today, and the other was this man, the genius, behind the in the Morning Show, my friend, Charles McCord. Chuck, good morning. How are you, pal? Two things
4: wrong so far. Yeah. He wasn't a smart man. He wasn't a legend. (laughs) Those are the two things to start. Sidney Rosenberg. I adore you.
7: Uh,
5: How's that grab you? Uh, it, gra- <laughs> it grabs me. Now. I love you, too. I have to tell you, Charles, that there were so many mornings, so many mornings, every morning, I was uh, scared to death to be inside that studio, and you, you would just you would calm me down. He would walk out of the studio. You'd say, Sid, sit. you got this. Don't worry. And you and I became actually very close. In fact, on Fridays, he allowed us to host the show without him, and you and I had a ton of laughs.
4: Absolutely. I, re- I remember that. Well, that's because you're kind of a smart man and just about a halfway legend yourself, Rosenberg. Halfway.
5: All right. <laughs> I need more years, I guess. But uh, listen, forget about me being a legend. Uh, my partner certainly was. If I'm a halfway legend, he was a full-way legend. You know that more than anybody working so closely with Bernard all those years. You saw the genius right there in front of you. You guys really loved each other. I know that you're upset today, but, uh, man, what what a super talent he was, Hutchins. I, uh,
4: I I just want to I, I think it would uh, it would be inappropriate if if I didn't start Sydney uh, d- on a little bit of a serious note, just to say that um, uh, to Carol and to Melanie and and uh, to Brendan and to all of Bernie's colleagues and friends and they and they are legions. That uh, you know I, to, to express my sincere condolences to uh, all of those people who were affected by him and were close to him, and so I just wanted to start by saying that, but particularly to Carol and the kids the kids they're in their twenties I know
5: what, how did, how did that happen I, for... <laughs> his son is uh, his son's wife is pregnant, so Bernie's about to become a grandfather sometime soon, so I I know. I I don't know know. how old. Hey, by the way, you want to hear something crazy, Charles? Joel Hollander's son, Sammy, is now 35 years old, and my daughter's (laughs) in Europe in college. What's going on, Charles? <laughs> He's as old as, uh, as Ollie Marmol, who
4: <laughs> blew that game the other night when he took out Quintana, who was cruising. He was on cruise control, oh, look at and he yanked him. Oh, look at, look at oh, Charles go. things Cole. go still the uh, same way.
5: Still that St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, uh, quickly, I do want to bring on somebody to say hello to you. He kind of stuck around just to do that. Uh, you remember this guy. Get say hello.
8: Hey, Charles. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Bowman. What's happening?
5: Boaster, my brother from
4: another mother. How the heck are you? <laughs> yeah, all I can
8: say is Bernie came to me many a times when I threw my uh, earphones at Don and I walked out of his studio all those times <laughs> when he would belittle me. I said, I don't get paid for this friggin' stuff. And I threw that. And then all of a sudden, Bernie would say, Bo, he really feels sorry. And then the common denominator was Deirdre. She would call me and say, Don wants to apologize to you, both. Mo- I said I know where all the ba- I know all the bodies are buried. Remember the Great Goose Girls when I brought them in with the vodka? He was jumping out of his suit, and then Bernie would say, "Don't bring vodka into Don. He's an alcoholic." <laughs> but Bernie, <laughs> you know, Charles, Bernie Bernie McGurk was the catalyst. He was just so low-key and he was so professional. He personified professionalism. Never needed a pat on the back. Bernie was just there. And, uh, you know, it just, it's, it, it's like a shock still in my life right now. You know, we ended up burying him yeah. yesterday. It's a, it's a real shock in my life. And to hear for your voice, and have a sit here, the memories, there's only one guy missing. I saw Bernard McGurk. I mean, I wish Bernard was sitting right over here, and I wish yeah. we could do this with Bernie.
4: Yeah, true. You know, it's it, it's hard to believe that he isn't sitting right over there. I, I mean, all, I, I, I I watched this guy evolve from – Back when I see I, I remember when Bernie had hair, <laughs> I go I go I go back I go back to WNBC, WNBC but you know before he and, and Carol were married, and uh, I, I, to watch him evolve, and to, to to work his way into the flow of that program to go beyond simply a director. And uh, and he was brilliant at that, how he kept everything together and kept everything moving and going. But then we suddenly started seeing these glimpses of Bernard McGurk that we didn't know existed. The guy became a major observer of the passing scene. And a major comedic factor in that program. Uh, I mean, it, it, you're you're right. It never could have become what it did without Bernie. It just it just wouldn't. It just wouldn't. The I Man wouldn't have become the I Man that we knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was impossible. Yep. Yeah.
5: Well, uh, boy, you want to? Uh, we're going to let yeah. Charles go for a minute. Charles, come back.
8: Yeah, Charles. I love you. You got my number. Let's keep in touch. And you bet. When you come to New York, and I, I and again. It's all about one guy. It's all about Bernard McGurk. And I think people are starting to realize, listening to some of his bits that he used to do, he was one talented person that was was going to be missed by everybody. Love you, Charles. Thank you, Bo. Uh,
5: Charles, you're going to stick around with me for the rest of the hour, the great Bo Deedle, till uh, till 10 o'clock. You've got a lot to talk about. You are the... You're the big name on the marquee today. Six hours of radio, Charles, and about 100 guests. And all people want to know is, what is Charles McCord doing these days? Where the hell is Charles McCord? Where did he run to? What happened? All that stuff. So we'll talk more about Bernie, you and the I Man, and all that good stuff. It's Charles McCord right here on our Bernard McGurk Tribute. And we'll be back right after this. Boys are back. Tin Lizzy. We'll get back to Charles McCord. Don't forget, folks, even after Charles at 10 o'clock, huge I names like Connell McShane, Mike Breen, Rob Bartlett, Warner Wolfe, Tom Bigfoot Bowman, Carly Shimkus, and more still to come. Before I get back to Charles, I must talk to this lady to my left. We spoke to her great husband. Earlier, we spoke to John Katz, Matitis, and Chad Lopez, and there's uh, Emily Pankow. But everybody who works here knows that the real heart of this place, the real heart is with Marco dressed uh, beautifully today, by the way, in pink and black. And we all love you. And Bernie loved you. I know you want to say a couple of words about uh, about Bernard.
0: Well, we love Bernie so much. And I really didn't get to know him that well. But I remember coming in the studio one day, and I wanted to give him a hug because, you know, I hug everybody. Yeah. And I was like, I was afraid I was going to break him, and I didn't know if he wanted to hug me or not. But then what broke the ice was when I brought the football M&M's in. Yes. So it was all good after that. You love that. And yeah. you brought
5: in M&M's for me, and you bought in different Candies for him. Yes. You found yes. out what he liked, and... uh yeah. And, and he 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 really appreciated the comfort. Because don't forget, Bernie and I came from big companies. And there were nice people there. Don't get me wrong. CBS and Intercom and all that stuff. But this is a family. You know, you and John are like mom and dad. And that's how you treated me and Bernie. And the last year when he was going through all this and he was really sick. And I'm not going to get the details. It's nobody's business. But you guys never turned your back on him. You never said, hey, just stay home. You never stopped taking care of him. And I must tell you, Mogo, complete honesty, he must have told me 25 times how much he loves uh, John and you. Uh, you. You really. So well, uh, you should we feel always, good
0: today. Uh, wanted to be there for him and his lovely family and the deepest condolences. And, and I cannot imagine the heartbreak of thousands and probably millions of people that loved Bernard. He was the best. He was an amazing, amazing person. He was.
5: And you you are seeing that. It is amazing how many people, like I've worked with a guy for 22 years and face-to-face like this for six years. I didn't even realize how beloved he was. And um, you guys uh, made that all possible. So on behalf of my friend Bernard, thank you so much for that. We love you, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And you look great today.
0: Thank you. How's your back? I'm sitting. You're doing great. (laughs) You're you're (laughs) walking.
5: You're sitting. You're doing great. Thank you. The great Margot Katzmatidis, everybody. What a, what a lucky bunch of guys uh, we are, me and Bernie, to have people like John and Margot and Chad and Emily here at this station. Charles, not so lucky. Charles had a work with guys like Lee Davis and Joel Hollander <laughs> and horrible people. Uh, Charles... <laughs> no, actually, Joel was at the funeral yesterday, and uh, he looked great. And, um, you know, Charles, I have to ask you this, uh, and you're not being interviewed here. This is really about Bernie, but I have to ask you this. Uh, much like Bernard, I don't know anybody as much beloved as you in radio. People to this day, you're gone a long time. Charles, 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 what happened? How was it one day you're on the IMA show, the next day you're gone? What happened, Charles? For real, don't, don't, uh, don't,
4: don't, don't give, I, give us the real uh, truth. Uh, well, uh, the real truth is that, um, um, that I just thought it was time, I just, I just thought it was time to move on. I was older than, well, no, I'm not older than dirt. I'm <laughs> only now becoming older than dirt. But, um, it, it just seemed like, you know, a, a, a logical time. Um, not that I, you know, I we'd had gone through some bumps and some rough places and a couple of uh, s- s- speed traps and so on. Right. You
5: and um, I, just, you and Don, right. right.
4: But, uh, yeah, but um, it, it was all good, all fine, and it, it just seemed like a good time to, to get out. But now, after hearing you talk about Margot, uh, Now I want to come back. Yes, you want to come back, sure. (laughs) That's a that's a sweet lady right there. (laughs) My goodness.
5: (laughs) By the way, now that you said that, trust me when I tell you New York Post later on today, McCord and Rosenberg to team up after McGraw (laughs) McGurse. Um you know, I I remember when I first started in this business, I had a partner named Scott Kaplan, and he sent to me Oh yeah. Yeah, you remember Scott and Scott said to me, he said, Sid, if you ever leave radio and I'm in recovery, obviously. He said, all the drugs, right? He said, you will miss the microphone more than any other drug you've ever done when you had to go to rehab and things like that. And when I've been out of the business for a couple of months at a time after getting fired, he was exactly right. So for you, a guy that was on for so long, sat shotgun next to Don I all those years, became as popular and beloved as you were, don't you miss it? No, not even a lot bit. Really? No,
4: that's a a lie. I could... uh... You know, I could go back. Um, well, I don't know. I, I would. I'd have to work on my on my fastball. Again. <laughs> but I. But I would. I could go back tomorrow, I think. And you know, because I, I still enjoy it. I, I loved radio. I. 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 I was in the radio since nineteen sixty something. Oh my God. So um, you know, uh, and forty-one years there in New York, with I, the I Man and with Bernard McGurk which was one of the honors and privileges of my entire life, work working with that guy and getting yeah. to know him. You but know what's uh, funny?
5: There's a very similar dynamic. Uh, me, I'm, you know, very flamboyant. I'm very loud. I need to be the center of attention. And here's Bernard, <laughs> who was the perfect partner because he was the antithesis of all of that, right? Genius, brilliant, funny. But he wasn't that. And I could almost kind of say the same thing, about you and Don, Don how to be the guy. I mean, the, the guy wore a stupid cowboy hat in New York City. You talk about want to be want to be noticed, but you were very. That that, <laughs> right? that, that, that is a look at me. Look right, at Right, exactly. <laughs> a, and you didn't care. So in the no, in that dynamic, no. Bernie and Sid, and Don and Charles, you were very yep. very similar to Bernard.
4: Yep, it, it's absolutely right. Bernard was always see. I, I something that bothers me. and it's going to for a long time. I didn't even know Sidney that. That Bernie was ill, wow. and that is as people have explained to me or reminded me of because he was so quiet he was he wasn 't an introvert, but he was he kind of went that direction he just didn 't talk about his difficulties, his problems or that 's how he kept all of that hidden, and of course i 'm far removed from all that 's going on up there now, but um Geez, I just, about, about, oh my God, I didn't even know that yeah. Bernie was sick. Yeah. So so that's how quiet he was. And, the, and the, the, again, back to the, real quickly to his evolution into what he became in that program. It was quiet and it was never anything that was uh, really apparent or that jumped out at you because he just would slip in a little comment or an observation and it would be hilarious. And he would never – he didn't laugh a lot. He had this little smile that was always oh, there. Yep. That, that, like uh, you say, I wonder what's going on behind those
5: uh, weird eyes. <laughs> you know, but I tell you, his writing, because I always uh, told people, McCord, not only great on the air, but what a great writer. Uh, I remember the first time I was um, on the way to Poly Prep in Brooklyn, and my dad, who, who I lost two years ago, he loved you guys. He uh, would listen to Imus every morning, and it would annoy the hell out of me. I want the music, but whatever. I'm listening So I'm listening one morning, and you guys are doing a bit, and it was called History of the World. And it was specifically, I remember this, Charles, it had to be 50 years ago. It was specifically when the Hindenburg exploded. And the bit went like this. Don Imus is moaning and groaning. He's having yeah. sex with some lady in the Hindenburg. And when they're done, Imus <laughs> goes, All right, can you light my cigarette? and the whole thing blows up. And 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 I'm like, Dad, that was brilliant, and you were such a great writer. And then I listened to Bernie do the Cardinal, and he had some of those same qualities you guys could both write.
4: He absolutely did. Uh, I mean, the, the Cardinal, and I don't know if I should even bring this up, but Mayor Ray Nagin from New Orleans <laughs> back in that time, oh, and, and the stuff that he did. And when he would do his silly traffic, he, he it was his position that if you could adopt and carry off an English a- accent, you could make any minor event or issue or whatever sound like the end of the world. And he would do this stuff about a t- like a tire changer on the LIE <laughs> and do it in that British accent, and I would howl. And, and and once a bit was over, that was it. He was done. He was right back right. To being Bernard, taking care of the thing, looking down the sheet,
5: and so on and so forth. <laughs> it is amazing uh, that, you know, people get there, and they just kind of start off like regular folks, and then they yes. all become superstars. But in his case... I think when you look back at the people, I'll exclude you, you look back at the people who did a lot of things on the show. Again, writing, appearing on the show, booking guests for the show. And then when he came here, Charles, to work with me, I have to tell you, the odds were against us, completely against us. Cumulus didn't care. They sold three of the four stations. These message boards in New York City were calling for the end of Bernie and Sid and WABC. And then we became number one. I wasn't even number one. We went all the way to number one. So here's a guy that did everything that a radio producer can do and goes on to be number one as a talent. How amazing is Un- that?
4: Uh, it just uh, miraculous. Unbelievable, unless you did get to know the guy. And Sidney, do not sell yourself short. Wow. It, th- that's a great observation that you guys were antithetical. Yeah. Uh,
5: uh, you, the boy. what word was that? You're speaking to my audience. Be careful, uh, Charles. Hey, listen to... You <laughs> hear oh, my siren? hear a siren in the background? I'm just so you know, Charles, during this whole conversation, <laughs> your, your phone keeps, like, dinging. you got alarms going off in the background. Do you know you're on live radio? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't stay witness protection that, for long.
8: <laughs> they finally... That, that, they, pull, pull the plug. They, that, they finally found him.
4: The, turn they it got
8: off.
4: You. <laughs> <laughs> Kill it. Ma. I'm trying to get my wife to kill that radio. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I, yeah, I apologize. That's my weather radio warning me probably yeah, of a tornado of course, bearing down yeah. on the house. I'm
5: surprised you even have <laughs> power in the hills of Arkansas, wherever the hell you live. Nobody knows. I mean, at some point before this conversation's over, you're going to have to at least give us a clue as to where you're hiding out. I mean, you're like Jimmy well, Hoffa.
4: I, I, I would disclose that information. I will just say it's somewhere in the Ozark, but I, can, I can't. I can't. I can't go beyond that for national security Of course. Oh, of course. By the way, I as watched, I, I watched that I, show
5: Ozark on Netflix. It's one of my favorite. I never saw it. You never saw say, it. You
4: mean never saw it. Never
5: saw it. Well, you would it. love and it. Say, don't you don't. would love it. And I have to tell you, Charles, watching that show, you can disappear very, very quickly in the ozone. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I've done it.
4: Uh, as I sit here in my T-shirt, says never mind building back better. How about just put it back the way you found it?
5: <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love, you actually texted me that. And isn't that a great statement? Isn't that a great statement? You know, I'll tell you one more thing before we break and bring you back. One of, yeah. the, one of the real great uh, pieces of the I Miss show was the sports. And you go back and take a look at the laundry list of names. Uh, we had Christopher Mad Dog Russo on at 640 this morning. He goes on to star alongside Mike Francesa, the best sports duo ever. But whether it was uh, him, Francesa, Iron Eagle, Patrick McEnroe, Mike Breen oh, coming yeah. up at 10.30. He was the best of all of us. Me, certainly. Uh, you look at how that sports guy became an integral part of the show. And really, you and Bernie were the guys that kind of brought us along. All of us. I speak for all of us. That became a huge part of Imus' success.
4: Oh, absolutely. It, it did. I mean, it, it just was, it was integral to the, uh, you know, to the achievements that Imus would realize what, but but he was very smart; he was a smart radio mind, and um it, uh, you just I, I I can never ever forget just what he brought to maybe mm. I mean, he talk about that i it mean it's, it's history sydney Oh, it is it's it history is. you know what, you know what i been
5: saying charles um, look I, it's no uh, secret if you listen to me and Bernie. We didn't like the guy very much. We appreciated what he did for us uh, professionally, but we thought he was a real prick, to be honest. He was very difficult to work for. But I've been saying for years, now that he's gone two years, the longer he's gone, the more I actually appreciate him. I don't think you can say the same, can you? <laughs> uh,
4: even if I could, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, uh, because he—he oh, he, generally he treated me very, pretty graciously, but he could be – uh how should we put this with his staff? He could be um abrupt. Abrupt, yeah. That's
5: very nice. That is very nice. <laughs> but you know what, Bernie, of all of us, like Patrick McEnroe slammed his sports report down and ran out of the studio. I told Diamonds to go F himself on air more than once. Bernie seemed to handle that stuff very, very well, right?
4: Yes, he did. Bet just be, that was his
5: demeanor. That yeah.
4: just as uh, that was Bernard McGurk, the yeah. implacable, unshakable
5: Bernie. How do you know so many wants- what what are these words that you're saying these yeah, this well, morning? You're- <laughs> sitting there looking at each other. I I beg your,
4: I beg your pardon. I, I may be entering my eighth <laughs> decade on planet Earth. But I ain't lost it yet. No, you are still brilliant,
5: <laughs> I can tell. Well, I tell you what, Charles, you do one more of those words, and I'm going to play some old Whitaker Chamber stuff. How about that? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And Alger Hiss. I think we have one of those anyway. So we're going to oh, take a quick God. break. Yeah, we're going to bring you back really down memory lane, Charles, in just a bit. We're going to take a quick break. With us right now yeah. is the, the genius, and a lot of folks believe, along with Bernard, the real genius behind the I Missed in the Morning program, a man we all miss desperately. On radio and off radio. The very talented Charles McCord Quick Break will come back and continue as Charles gets another text. The Bernie McGurk tribute, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Downtown, driving all the old men crazy.
0: 77 W.A.B.C. and Ramsey Subaru. Remember Bernard McGurk. Remembering Bernard McGurk.
1: This is Noam Layden. You know, I felt like I was really lucky. I did an early morning show at W.A.B.C. that was on from five to six. And when I would come in most mornings around three in the morning, there was Bernie getting ready for Imus in the morning. And it was just the two of us. And um, and it was special. I mean, a lot of times we didn't talk to each other at all. We just kind of said hi. And I got my cup of coffee and started prepping for the show. But there were other times where we sat down and had these these real conversations, not about politics or the station. He would talk about his kids. I would talk about my kids. And, um, you know, those moments I, I'll miss, I'll cherish. And he was just, just such a great guy to talk to. And you realize how great of a parent he was in this one story. And there's so many. But his daughter, he brought his daughter, Melody, to the station one day because the Jonas Brothers were going to be playing on our sister's station, WPLJ. They were going to do a private concert. And so he wanted to see if he get his daughter in to see the Jonas Brothers. They were the biggest thing in the world at the time. And another employee brought her sister in to see the Jonas Brothers as well. And Bernie had told Melanie, he said, "Listen, I'm going to try my hardest to get you into this private show, but you might not get in. So you might be sitting here for nothing." And she said, no, "I'm going to take my chances." So the PLJ guys who were running this private Jonas Brothers show kept coming back into the newsroom where these two young teenagers who were very excited. About about the Jonas Brothers were sitting, and they said, we don't know if we're going to get you in. It's going to be last minute. Finally, they came back, and the PLJ guy looked at Melanie and said, well, you were here first, and we only have one seat available, so you can come in and see the Jonas Brothers. And she looked at the guy, and she said, if you don't let my new friend in, too, then I'm not going in to see the Jonas Brothers. And I was like, I mean... Where did that come from? That came from her her parents. And so the PLJ guy, just like me, we were stunned that she was going to throw away a chance to see the Jonas Brothers because this person she just met, who was probably the same age as her, was not going to get in as well. So he went back, he left the room, and I was like, oh, God, they gave up their chance to see the Jonas Brothers. But he was so impressed as well that he came back two minutes later and he said, Okay, we found two seats for the both of you, and they went in to see the Jonas Brothers. And boy, if that doesn't say anything and everything about Bernie, nothing does. This is Noam Laden. Keep listening for more. Remembering Bernard McGurk.
6: What
5: do you think Imus would
7: say about Joe Biden? Uh, well, he was
5: uh, he was he, he would
7: went wherever the wind was blowing, whichever way the wind was blowing, that was uh, Mister Imus. So uh, regarding politics, so what would he say about Joe Biden? Early on, he would he would have been a fan, right? And now, of course, he would be, uh, you know.
5: The old man is a, a freaking disaster or whatever. But he, he, he would
7: be pre- very predictable. But he and always al- found the way. To,
5: and time is his credit, and this is why he's, he was able to get listeners on both sides. He like uh, he would come on the air and go that 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 uh, blubber titty. Uh, blubber to the uh, Trump. But then the next day he'd go, but I got to tell you, he's a great president. He would always find a way to criticize and flatter the same and person. T- 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 I, take I think both he, sides. Right. And I think he would do the same thing with Joe Biden. I, I think he would like Bill O'Reilly does yeah. that. Bill O'Reilly comes on it. Like he says, I felt badly when, a, when Biden fell off the bike. Me, I couldn't give a rat's ass. Yeah. I mean, b- well, please placed-
7: listen, we talked about it. And, I, and we talked about it when Bill O'Reilly's uh, 725 report earlier in the week and he said that he felt bad and people shouldn't make fun of him but uh if if joe biden is evil let's say and i believe he is evil he's not only incompetent he's evil he's encouraging he's using government money so uh encourage kids to have uh, you know puberty blockers to ha- ha- be chemically castrated to have young girls to have their breasts taken off i mean so that's evil so uh when a person is evil when is it uh, 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 okay to laugh at them falling off a bike? Uh, for example, I don't want to invoke Hitler. Let's invoke somebody uh, less evil than Hitler, but still evil. And then, then you would say uh, it's okay because the person was evil. Right.
5: I uh, mean, you, you, you know you, what I mean. You, in, in a somewhat analogous situation, uh, you and Lou both guilty of laughing when I mis fall off the horse. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, he would uh, he, he would tell you the same thing, too. Uh, you know, he would point out
7: that we laughed. We made, made fun of him. He fell off the horse. It was hilarious. Even though he broke ribs and uh, his lung was, uh, <laughs> his right. leg collapsed. He, oh, we, uh, making me laugh again. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. He actually encouraged it. Because, right, uh, right, right. That was, uh, he thought, you know, he knew he was a pompous, you know, insufferable ass. Yeah. And he knew he needed to be brought down a couple of knots. Of which course. is why he always encouraged me to take him down, it, it, as long as it was funny. Right, and that was uh, that was part of his M.O.
4: <laughs> Ramsey Subaru in 77 WABC. Remember
0: Bernard McGurk. I'm a-
5: That's great stuff. We are back here on old the old Bernard McGurk tribute cry, into hour number four of this six hour extravaganza. Still to come, Connell McShane, Mike Breen, God, I love Mike Breen, Rob Bartlett, Warner Wolf, Tom Bigfoot Bowman, live in studio, Gunzelman, Carly Shimkus, and more, but we've had this honor, this incredible honor of uh, having, uh, well, my next call was actually live on the air the last 45 minutes. <laughs> Charles McCord doesn't know that yet, but congratulations. You're back in the business, and uh, we've missed you. So be here at 9 a.m. on Monday, okay, pal?
4: <laughs> yes, I'll be there. <laughs> I'm there, dude. I'm back. I'm back
5: on the case. You know, you laugh, but uh, if you ever did get that phone call, you'd be back uh, tomorrow. I mean, how long can you stay in the Ozark and look at a hey, bunch of dead by bears? The, uh, b- real
4: quick, Breen. One of the sweetest people I ever knew in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, That's he, all.
5: He actually was the one who called me with the news that Bernard had passed. And he's been, yeah, him man. and his lovely wife, Ro, have been great the last couple of days. But you know what's funny? Bernie said to me, Charles, he said he, he hated writing the bits. He hated doing it. He hated uh, preparing for Bill O'Reilly. But after he did it, he loved all of it, you know. But he said yeah, the yeah. one thing about writing the Cardinal bit was he always wanted a blast, Dymus. But if he blasted Imus as Bernie McGurk, Imus would kill him. But in the Cardinal <laughs> bit, he was able to destroy Imus, and Imus oh, would just laugh.
4: Oh, those are so funny, my God! And the, and always ending them with that silly poem, and they just was it was it was just hilarious, hilarious stuff. The Cardinal, oh my God! Good morning, and God bless
5: or whatever he did. <laughs> yeah. That's what he would say. That's how he would start it off um, every oh, time. Yeah. Now, listen, he, he was great with that stuff, and you know, uh, again, I, I go back to our Friday mornings because Don wasn't there. He would take Fridays off at WFAN. And it would be me, you, and Bernie and Lou, basically. This is even before that's Conner. right. Yeah, that's, right. And, that's we, right. and we had a lot of fun because we can do stuff that I would allow us to do. <laughs> of course, we didn't do any rodeo talk, which pissed people off. But do you miss oh, that? Do you, m- you miss the rodeo conversations, Charles? Rodeo yeah. and that type of stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: I, I, you know who we have haven't mentioned just very quickly also who was a became a principal factor. Uh, on the air, Lou Rufino. Yeah, that guy. He, he, he we we didn't. know we had that asset sitting on the other side of the glass. I mean, and, until he and Bernie. I mean, oh my gosh! It was it was good radio. It was good radio. I gotta
5: say, no, it, was, it was actually <laughs> great radio. And and believe me when I tell you that I've known that for years. And Lou came back to work with me and Bernard about the last five or six months. So it was beautiful to have the three of us together again, Charles. But certainly the last couple of months, since Bernie wasn't well enough to come in, and he believe me, he stuck it out much longer than most people could. He's so courageous and such a great fighter. I've leaned on Lou, and Lou has stepped up, and he's been tremendous. So whatever you thought of Lou before, the last couple of months, he's really been an MVP. Yeah,
4: yeah. But Bernie Bernie was the quiet warrior. He absolutely yeah. was. And as I understand now, these last couple of months, uh, I can't emphasize that uh, description
5: enough. No, it Just is true. He, he, I know we used to, and again, this is some inside baseball, but I'll share it now. Uh, there would be days, you know, he'd come in, he wouldn't come into the studio, he'd do it from his house. And uh, we'd go to, he'd be talking, he'd sound great, you know, Joe Biden this, Nancy Pelosi that. And then we'd go to break. Charles, this is a true story. And me and Lou would have the the audio up because he he was doing it from his house. And we could actually hear him moaning in pain. And then then four minutes later, we'd start the segment again. And he came right back on it. There was nothing wrong. It was really unbelievable to listen to. How
4: how can you – how do you even – I mean, I, I can't. I I can't even wrap my hand arms around that. Yeah. I just I don't know. I could never do it. I did. No, I that's couldn't not true. Yes. I could not do what Bernard McGurk did. Well, maybe that's not that.
5: I, I don't think anybody could. I mean, although listen, your partner. He did you laugh also, Charles, when he off the horse? <laughs> the,
4: not only did I laugh, I have a. I have it engraved on a plaque here. The horse's name, Destiny. Do you remember that?
7: Destiny? Destiny. You got it. Oh, my God. Uh, it's That's... right over there.
3: It's on the wall.
7: <laughs> he's the worst of all of us, see? Oh, God. I know. Oh,
5: Charles is the worst. Oh, let me tell you something. He He's very bright. He's got a great vocabulary. He's genial. He's beautiful. He's sophisticated, great. Sophisticated, savvy is, Charles, right. he's, Charles he's so vicious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was will kill you in a sentence. Yeah. But uh, but he said all the right things today about Imus, and he certainly did love Bernard. There's no question about that. One of these no. days we'll have a real uh, conversation while he ran to the hills, and it wasn't because he had enough, he hated Imus. But on a serious note, Charles. <laughs> 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 no, what, um, what about Rob Bartlett? He's set to join us next hour. What about uh, working with him?
4: Uh, uh, he's like Breen... What <laughs> about the sweetest man you would ever meet in your life? And he took a vicious beat another beating. Yeah. brilliant writer and yeah. comedic genius and actor. I, I mean, I, I I can't say enough about about Robbie. I really can't. So when when, just... you,
5: when, when you have this conversation, right, you and I talking about all this talent around i miss, right. here's Charles McCord, you're a genius. Here's Lou Rufino, he's great. Here's Sid, Sid's great. Mike Breen's great. Bernie's a genius. Rob Baldwin's a genius. Did it ever occur to you that maybe... I miss had a really good show because he surrounded himself with geniuses that's that's the mark of
4: a great leader ah. you surround yourself with talent that exceeds your own and you know how to play it that's true. like a like a fine piano and uh, you know exactly what to do who what what keys to press yeah that's true. and uh and and, and uh, the i man did yes he that's did it. he was he and was he, great. he did have
5: wonderful talent around yeah. him. Yes, he did. But he knew it. Who was the uh, most underrated? Well, Bernie's getting all this credit, and deservedly so. I think you and him were the real backbone of the show. Who was the most underrated uh, character or, or personality on the I am a Show ever?
4: Probably me. Yeah, I, I um, agree with that, sure. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, no, no question that's, about that. Uh,
4: gosh, that's... Uh, I, you know, I'll I, I, I I, I give you a name. Brain.
5: I'll give you a name because I have okay. this. I have this vivid memory of all of us being on the road, right? And I was still. Yes. A, I was uh, in my thirties. I was still a young guy. I wanted to go out and, and just destroy the town, you know. There was thing at like some five star hotel from Robin in Boston or something, and I walked back to the hotel and I walked in the lobby, and you were actually playing the piano, and yeah. Larry Kenny was singing. Oh. And I was like, "Oh my God, this is really good," and I feel really old, by the way. Uh, but but Larry Kenny, how about that uh, name? Uh, possibly the finest
4: broadcast voice that's a yeah. that ever was behind a microphone, and another guy who was so fast on his feet, yeah. it was ridiculous. Larry Kenny is, and I, he, he had a tendency, though, not to not to suffer fools gladly. And sometimes when we would be in a bar, I remember I had to separate him and a guy in a bar near Mickey Gillies' joint in Branson, Missouri, oh, one time yes. that night, yes. and I had to pull pull Larry away from a guy, and Larry was just sitting there, and the guy's innocent; he's at the other end of the table in this <laughs> bar, and Larry all just, just suddenly says. What are you look at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know it started right there, and I thought, "Uh oh, here
5: we go." Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I think Bernie was there that night with you guys in the I think he was. Yes, because he, yes. he often says, "Of all the places we went to, we got wild in Branson, Missouri." That was the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that,
4: <laughs> that was a fun gig with with uh, being at Mickey Gillies' joint. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot
5: of fun. All, the, all those shows on the road, and, and, I, and here's where I'm going to call you out, you bastard. Uh, you, you would get on this uh, fancy uh, airplane at Teterboro Airport, you know, next, like Bon Jovi's plane was parked next to it. Yeah, Gulfstream yeah. G5, yeah. A G5, right, and we get on the plane, and you would make a beeline to the back of the plane where there's a hot stewardess, all kinds of great food, booze, and a television. Bernie would yeah. follow you, and uh, Imus <laughs> would call me to the front of the plane to play chess. And at no point did you guys try to save me. At no point.
4: <laughs> no, we said, "Oh, good, we got him distracted. Let's get, let's sit back here and have some fun."
5: <laughs> those were uh, those were great days. We went to all oh, these beautiful all these beautiful places, and um, it was uh, it was all really really great. And you know, um, now two of these guys are gone. Don is gone, obviously, a couple of years, and. And our dear friend Bernard, we lost just a couple of weeks ago. And it's great to sit around and laugh about all this stuff. But um, it also, it does make you a little melancholy, Charles, that two oh, of those greats yeah. are both gone.
4: That's, uh, I, I was thinking about that, Sydney. I, I was thinking, oh gosh, uh, we're, we're going to do this, and, and it'll be fun and just so great to hear everybody again. And, and, uh, and I thought, can, I, can an event like this, uh, remembering Bernie McGurk, can this event be both uh, be simultaneously celebratory and melancholy can it can that happen and and I think that's exactly what you sir have have uh, been able to put together well, thank um you. Something that is a, a, a wonderful tribute to, uh, and Leslie Slender, my God, I can't, I can't oh, forget no, Leslie's input. Holy cow! Yeah, and let me but ta- anyway. No, let me this, tell you. No, uh,
5: let me stop you there, with Leslie Slender, because this is yes. another great evolution. Like Bernard, who went from this guy that was basically, you know, getting Howard and I Miss coffee to one of the greatest broadcasters ever. When I got to this station six years ago, Leslie was like setting up events on the street. You know, she's like doing, uh, you know, uh, marketing events, and now she's gone on to become our most prized salesperson, and just a tremendous, (laughs) tremendous attribute what she does. So I'm glad you mentioned Leslie because I know you speak to her. She was very integral in today's show.
4: I just love her. I, I, I did back then, and I do today. She's just an extraordinary person. Yeah. That yep. and uh, and her input into this, what you guys have pulled off here, and will continue to do through the day, you you just hit exactly the right notes as far oh. as I am concerned.
5: Well, thank you. So on the way out, Charles, I know that uh, Carol is listening, I know that Brendan is listening, Melanie is listening, and yeah. uh, of course millions of fans and everybody who loves Bernie. Loves you, too. In fact, again, I think you two guys are the most beloved from that show. Uh, on the way out, this is a wonderful hour. What do you want to say to, uh, to I, I
4: Again, I, I I appreciate so much uh, you guys uh, including me in this. I really do. It's, it's an honor and a privilege. And I just um, I, 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 I get up every day and I think, Bernie's gone? Yeah. That can't be. But anyway, I do. And I would just say to Carol and to, uh, to Melanie and Brendan again, my my deepest and sincerest condolences. And I would say to you, you knucklehead, <laughs> you guys, you guys went to number one. And why? Because you deserved it well, and you. you earned it. Well, thank you.
5: Listen, don't be such a prick with negotiations when they call you in an hour or two. I'll come back to New York. Okay, <laughs> play nice, Tom. <tall. laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm going to you know. play hardball.
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love you to pieces. So did Bernard. Bernard really loved you. Thank you, Charles.
4: Sidney, uh, right back at you, my friend. Thank you.
5: We'll talk to you very, uh, okay. very soon. God, I love you. Bernie loved you. Ber- he was Bernie's favorite. I'm going to say it right now. He loved you, Louie, loved me, but he really loved Charles McCord. And I still maintain to this day that McCord and Bernard are the two most popular voices and will always be the two most popular voices on the I in the Morning Show and... I'm going to have a chance to work with both of those guys now that Charles is coming back to New York. It's a huge honor. (laughs) Charles, thank you, my friend. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Still two more great hours to come, including Rob Bartlett. Oh, and the great Mike Breen. Keep it right here, the tribute to the great Bernie McGurk. My friend Bernie continues, and it's only right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC.